This week on the Road to Cinema podcast, actor Adam Brody. In his over two-decade career as an actor, Adam Brody played Seth Cohen on the Fox hit drama series The O.C., co-starred alongside Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie in Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and starred opposite Meg Ryan and Kristen Stewart in the film In the Land of Women. We'll take a look back on how Adam's career developed in film and television, We'll discuss Adam's many collaborations with top directors and writers such as the Oscar-nominated Whit Stillman, playwright and screenwriter and director Neil Labute, as well as his collaborations with Kevin Smith, which includes Yoga Hosers and Cop Out. We'll take a look back on what led Adam to star on The O.C., his thoughts on the show today, and the impact The O.C. would have on his career. We'll also delve into his new Crackle drama series, Startup, which is also available on Amazon around the world. We'll also have an open conversation on what it means to be an actor in film and television, what Adam hopes to find in an actor-director collaboration, how his goals have changed over the course of his career, and what inspires him today, and how that's changed since he first started. For more information on the Road to Cinema podcast, please visit jogroadproductions.com. You can follow us on Twitter, at jogroad, Instagram, at jogroadproductions, you can like our Jog Road Productions Facebook page, and don't forget to subscribe to Jog Road Productions on YouTube to see some of our video interviews with Don Cheadle, Ewan McGregor, Greta Gerwig, and many more. You can subscribe to the Road to Cinema podcast on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher to have the latest episode downloaded every week. And now we join our conversation with actor Adam Brody as we discuss his early inspiration for becoming an actor and the very first steps in his career. So I thought we could begin by talking a little bit about when that initial point was where you thought you could work as a professional actor. Was there sort of a, a fork in the road where you saw that you could actually do this full time? Um, <clears throat> it was a real, no, it was a real shot in the dark, actually. I mean, it wasn't a fork in the road. It was like, let's throw this random thing against the wall and see if it sticks in a year. And if it doesn't, we'll figure something else out. And that was me at, you know, on like my 19th birthday, more or less. I, um, I grew up in San Diego and I uh, had no acting experience, so to speak, at the time I tried to be a professional actor. My, my only, in hindsight, I look back and I go, oh, there was that moment when I was 12, which, um, you know, like I... I thought, I think I was inspired by like Macaulay Culkin, who was my age, you know, and is home alone. And I thought as, yeah. as a kid, I had some knowledge that, you know, well, he's an actor and that could be really, um, River Phoenix was a big idol growing up when I was young. And, um, anyways, uh, I told my parents I'm from San Diego and, and they both work full time. I said, I'd like to try acting. And they said, you know, and, and what that meant, I guess, professionally that time was like, should I be in a JCPenney catalog or should I, should I go, you know, could we go do some commercial auditions? That's like the way in, you know, you think. You weren't thinking about theater or anything. Uh... Not at the time. I was like, let's professional. I, I don't know. I mean, ultimately, yeah, I'd like to be a 12 year old movie star, but let's see, you know, but what, what, what does one do um, to achieve that? I suppose you have to be a model first or something. That's yeah. what, you know what I mean? That it seemed like that was anyways, they're like, well, look, we're, we're not going to be able to drive you up for auditions. We, you know, we, we work, but you should start in some theater and see how that goes. And so I did one play. I did Inherit the Wind, um, in my community theater, but it was an adult, you know, we, 
Inherit the Wind as done by adults, as it should be. It's an adult play, but I think I think it was a newspaper. You know, I think I said extra, extra. I read all about it a few times and had to go to a bunch of rehearsals for it. And I had like two lines, and I don't remember much besides being like, "Well, fuck that." Um, that was a lot of work and not a lot of payoff. And also, you know, and then uh, I went a different. I didn't think. I didn't really think about it. I again, uh, as any sort of interest, I didn't do it in high school. I um, was pretty much a. Uh, I don't want to say I wasn't a bum. I just didn't have any interest in school. It didn't. It, it really was uh, uh, like watching paint dry to me. Um, and you, so you even like through the theater department in high school or anything? Not at all. I was a hundred percent committed to surfing. That was what my new, you know, full time goal and and identity was was being a surfer. Mm in high school and even though at a young age even at 14 15 as a surfer i knew that i'm not going to be a professional surfer i'm not that good and i'm not that talented but i figured well i'll make it my life somehow i don't know maybe i'll you know i'll own a surf shop which you know that's a hard goal to, to run a <laughs> run your own business but at the time it seemed like i'll do that i'll be very happy doing that and anyways i got into um so I, I sort of purposely, not that I, any great high colleges were calling my name, but you know, a couple of state schools I sort of didn't go to on purpose because I, I still was so uninterested in school. I thought, what could I possibly study? I don't know what I want to be. And I'm looking forward to having the weekdays off for half the weekday where I can surf and nobody's around. And um, so for that first semester uh, out of high school, I went to a community college and took, was taking two classes. Um, just to like bide my time. And I was working at Blockbuster Video, so it was like 98, so I remember very much that new release wall is like <laughs> indelibly printed on my memory. Um, um, all those movies from that specific era. Anyways, so I was watching a lot of movies with my free rentals. I moved out, moved in with some buddies. Um, surfing, but I, I quickly, you know, I mean, I, I was turned out was more ambitious than I thought, at least. And you know, a desolate beach um, in October very much has its charms for a surfer. But at the same time, I even at eighteen, I was like, oh, I don't know that this is going to be. I already feel retired. I, said, I don't know that this is going to be a life, you know, yeah, this is going to be a fulfilling. No, I'm like, I'm bored. I'm bored. And I feel like at the parties elsewhere and everyone's gone. Anyways, my roommate buddy, who was about four years older than me, we had a friend. It was his friend who um, was also older than me, who lived in, um, had, had lived in San Diego, was a surfer, moved to LA, lived, was living with his mom, but he had had some luck at the time. It was, you know, I mean, Enormous. He was he was a bar back, which in and of itself sounded cool. If you were working as, a, as if you were working at a cool bar off the Sunset Strip, that was like yeah. amazing. But he had been in um, he had been in uh, uh, he was a guest star in one episode. He's a bad kid on the Power Rangers on an episode, and a couple other things. We went. And we're like, let's just go. He, he lived with his mom in Marina del Rey, and I remember very specifically we went me and my buddy went um and stayed with him for a night and he showed us around and we like drove down the sunset strip went to the coffee bean in the sunset plaza i'm 18 at this time and um he showed us his like tape his reels and i remember one of them like he showed us the you know showed us the as on vhs like his you know um his uh power rangers he showed us this one student film and we're just like that's the coolest thing ever if one day we could have our own <laughs> footage like this let's try it so we said let's just try it what do we got to lose so anyways 
month later, me and my buddy, um, in December of uh, 98, moved up to LA and I just decided we'll join acting class. We'll, and I, I just felt like, look, I'll jump in. I, it's, I know it's a whim, but I'm aimless right now anyways. And I, now that I think about it, it certainly interests me. And who wouldn't, who wouldn't it interest? You know what I mean? It's a pretty, it's a dream job, you know? And, um, so anyways, did you feel comfortable when you were in the acting class? Did it sort of hook you? It clicked in? pretty fast. Yeah. yeah, I felt I, I definitely hadn't acted, and I, I I was pretty really like I didn't know if I was good. I had no idea, honestly, and I also didn't know what made a good actor necessarily. You know, um, and in fact, I was probably too focused on like not that I thought I was a great beauty, but you know, you think like looks are so much of it when you start. I think you do anyways, at least we did. You're like, why is that guy such a big actor? He's ugly or, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, and, um, you know, you'd never understand Bogart as a kid, um, or at least I didn't. Anyways, uh, uh, so yeah, I, did, I didn't know that I would be any good, but I decided to jump in and I thought, if I don't make any, pro I'll, I'll just let it consume me. And if I don't make any progress in a year, I'm realistic, I'm objective. I'm not gonna yeah. sit around and, you know, but if I have any success, then we'll keep going. And um, and anyway, so that was that was the that was the point where I just thought, let's yeah. just try. What do I have to lose? Give it a year. Do you remember what the first thing you auditioned for was? Um, I don't remember the specific first thing I auditioned for. No, I remember you know a handful of my early auditions. I mean, it was sort of a flurry because I got very lucky, and I um, I think my my first. Within a year, I, I was like a working actor. It was pretty amazing, pretty remarkable. It was also at a time when, the late 90s, when, um, 1999, when I think if you, and I think it's probably the same now, I know it was the case then, if you were 20 years old, you could just work. Like, everyone I knew could work. You know, there's a lot of high school stuff, a lot of, they needed a lot of people to play high school, and there was a ton of content, and, you know, the older you get, people fall away that, you know, don't have, I don't know. I mean, I mean, for a whole bunch of reasons, but, um, but at that time it felt like everyone could, everyone I knew could kind of, and I know I'm, yeah. you know, that might sound jaded or, or, um, but it's true at that time, there were a lot of teen movies, teen TV yes. shows. So if you were coming up in your early twenties, you were 20 and you had an agent, you could probably, I'm not saying you'd be a very successful actor, no, but I just mean like everyone, you know, people I knew could work in a way that not everyone is now. Those same people who have, a lot of them have gone back, you know, done and become other things. Sure. Um, From that early acting class, did you sort of find certain things that you were comfortable with particularly? Because comedy has been, you know, a huge... I, I, you know, yeah, I feel, I kind of feel like in the center a little bit, you know? It's like I'm not as funny as the real comedians. And I'm not as good a dramatist as the real, uh, as the, the, the guys who are really good at it, how are women who are really good at it. However, I think I kind of straddle the worlds and I think I can kind of, my, I don't want to say it's a niche because it's, you know, but it's like, I, I don't know, I kind of live somewhere in between. It seems like I tend to, and it's not by design. It's just what has happened is I look at my body of work and it feels like, oh, I'm, I'm the, f I'm funny in dramas, you know, it's like seems more, more to the case than I, I mean, sort of. Um, but I definitely, there's no question I enjoy comedy more. I feel so much more creative 
Or it's so much more of a thrill for me to go, even if it's bad, even if the scene's bad, you know, and I go, how am I gonna, or the writing is poor, how can I, how, what, what kind of, how many ways can I slip on a banana peel or what can we do to yeah. like... You're kind of bringing your own spirit to whatever the Yeah, and by the nature of comedy, a lot of it, you know, just by that nature, you end up having a lot more improv too, which means, you know, I feel like the possibilities are a little more endless with that as well. Um, with drama, you know, I feel a little more defensive, like, all right, sometimes I'm really inspired and sometimes I, but I'm also like, well, how do I just like make this speech palatable, you know what I mean? I'm just gonna like try and, it's hard to say, and so what I'm gonna do is try and say it like a real person, and that will be yeah. my reward, or that will be my victory. It won't be necessarily that like, I found all these great things I'm proud of, you know? Um, well, when you were doing uh, Gilmore Girls early on, that's sort of a very kind of specific rhythm, specific language in a way. I'll, I'll tell you, in fact, if, if I have a strong suit, even to be more specific, it's more than comedy or drama. It is like dialogue heavy stuff. I feel like if I have a knack for anything, it's taking very wordy. You know, I'm, I'm a very verbal person and I'm, I'm not, um, um, I like to talk. And uh, as, you know, most actors do, but, you know, there's the Vigo Mortensen types and then there's me. And, um, and uh, yeah, I feel like I've, excelled with Whit Stillman, Neil LeBute, uh, um, Gilmore Girls, DOC to a certain point was a very chatty character. Um, I feel like I, you know, yeah, I feel like I can do well with a, give me, give me a ton of dialogue or a specific rhythm. Yeah. And a, I'd actually well, like- Especially with like Wood Stillman or Neil LeBute, that's a lot to digest and memorizing those lines and really coming on set prepared. So that's you, true too, yeah. although, you know. Are they pretty loose as well in what they, uh, and how they direct? Well, wit, they're opposites actually. I mean, Neil, Neil is very loose and Wit is very specific, however, I think that also comes, Neil's very prolific and he's writing every day and going and making something and Wick comes out of a shell every 10 years with something. So I think his stuff is, you know, he's also much more meticulous with what he's filming. And so understandably, you know, he's going for a very, he's already has it in his mind and, you know. Yeah, between uh, Damsels in Distress and uh the one he did before Last Days in Disco. That must yeah. have been a decade apart. It was, and, yeah. yeah. And more, more. No, 14 years. And then he did the Amazon yeah, show for yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved that show. It might still come around, but now with all the, you know, change up at Amazon, probably not. But it's weird. But I like that show is kind of like, I thought it was going to go then. I thought it was so good. And then it didn't. And then it, it's still sort of, I still get emails about it. You know, it still is percolating, but I don't know if anything will ever come of it. I hope so, though, because I, you know, I think Wood is a genius. And I'm also, I think he's a genius. And I'm such a, I'm so honored that he is sort of, it's not that he's taken me under his wing. He hasn't done that. But I mean, just that he has, and I won't say I'm his muse either, but I just, whatever. He just like, you know, he likes working with me as an actor. And that is a real validating thing for me. And, um, and I also am just a huge fan. So, um, 
I don't know how I got started on that. But. Yeah. Well, I think with wit, I mean, if you look at um, Chloe Sevigny and you know Greta Gerwig and a lot of the people that he's used over time, you know, you can kind of find the voice within the, the specific, a specific actor. So yeah. he kind of found that with you. Yeah, could yeah. For you in a very specific. Yeah, way. yeah, yeah. No, I know, and it's it's a very validating thing, and I hope we get to do more of it. And it sees the light of day. And when it came to the OC, did Josh Schwartz? Uh, some as I've been reading things that the character was a little bit based on him, but when you came into the room, he kind of let you take it to a certain degree. I don't know the degree to which it was based on him. I actually had never heard that before, but um, I think, I, I, funny enough, I think what happened more to the case, I, I don't, my assumption, although I don't know, is that it wasn't based on him at all, but when I started doing it, we kind of merged, and you know, he kind yeah. of like, we were contemporaries, and we were peers, and we were friends, and um, and uh, a couple of Jews, and uh, and I think, um, yeah, I think he kind of found his voice in that character, also writing for me and also writing for himself, is my assumption. What was your initial take on the pilot of the OC when you read it? Um, you know, I, I wasn't. I mean, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't think it was cool yet, you know. I, I like. I, I mean. I mean. I think. I think. First of all, I think Josh really found his stride. Like after, you know. I, I've since gone back and revisited the pilot. Not too um, f- semi recently. It, it actually really holds up. I have to say, it's like a heck of a pilot. But um, initially, uh, you know, the title even is you know pretty like in your face and I, I don't know I wasn't and you know the truth is look I love high school movies and I love like archetypes and I love all that stuff um and you know my only re- it's not that I didn't kind of love it like the inside of you know the, the 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 soul of me didn't love it as much as I love a bunch of high school stuff but I was 23 at the time and I was concerned about playing a high schooler for a while, you know, if I go do a pilot and I'm however old and they can keep me in high school forever on these things. And I was already kind of trying to be an adult. And, um, so I had like optical concerns, even if personally, creatively, I was like, this is awesome. And this is, you know, and, um, but I'll tell you, uh, Honestly, the factor for me was Doug Lyman was directing it, and this I was, was right after Born Identity and Swingers, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Swingers was like, I loved, and I haven't seen it in a long time, but I loved Born Identity. Um, I loved Go, but Swingers was a pivotal movie in my life. You know, I, at that time, Vince Vaughn was my favorite actor. Like, I, I had seen it once when I was like 17 working at Blockbuster and I, it didn't resonate with me at all. And then I watched it again when I was 20, 21. And, you know, even if I was working, I was still unemployed eight, nine months out of the year, you know, um, um, and, and living in a, you know, shithole in Hollywood. And all of a sudden it made my life seem glamorous. And, you know, like I just thought, oh, it's so cool to be an out of work actor and I'm going to go to the Dresden and I'm these bars and just, um, be funny and hang with my, my buds. And I don't know. It just, like I said, it just like glamorized my unemployed actor life in a way that, and again, I was so mesmerized by also the tone of it. I love that movie and, 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 and Vince Vaughn's performance. And I, I was, you know, doing a terrible Vince Vince Vaughn impersonation for like four years of my acting (laughs) career because of it. Um, 
but anyways, uh, uh, so I was such a Doug Lyman fan and still am. And, and he's another like true genius that I've gotten to work with. And I don't know at that time. I mean, I don't know if very many movie directors were coming onto television like they are now. So that must have been something very unique to have Doug Lyman direct a pilot. Yeah. I mean, at least, I, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't totally know the landscape. I just know that like, Hey, that's one of the best working directors and he's going to do this. All right, let's, you know, let's, let's do it. And, um, and then, you know, and then, like I said, I mean, I think it all coalesced beautifully and, uh, really, um, made some special, special stuff. For a while, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. That first season was so strong, and the show developed. It sort of became a different show later on. Did you sort of see the trajectory of? Oh, I did certainly. Yeah, yeah, I did certainly. I, I um, and you know, I think. I think mostly it boils down to, you know, that first season we did 30 episodes. We did like a seven episode early pickup summer release, and then we did like. 23 regular season ebbs. So, I mean, that's that's just so much story we burned through yeah. so fast. And then I think the other thing is, you know, if I could critique one thing about the writing, it's just simply I don't think they stretched out the storylines enough. I think they, you know, I mean, I think anyone would have burned through too much story and, you know, that fast anyways. But I also think, you know, you know, had I... Had I had I designed it for more longevity, because it was a fairly short-lived show for as kind of popular as it was, I think, like, you know, it it definitely evolved or devolved. Um, um, and, again, I, I mean, I just, I just think there was too many episodes, and I think if anything could have been done differently, it would be that you just need to stretch out stretch out the makeups and the breakups and keep people apart longer and, and really, really, really milk the story versus, you know, gratifying everyone every episode, in which case, you know, you the tension dissipates and it becomes something else. Um, well, finding, you know, what you wanted to do with Seth Cohen over that first season, for you, did that evolve in terms of the choices you were making, how you approached the character? Were you able to collaborate with Josh at all? In terms of Very that? much. I mean, it's not that I was, I wasn't giving story suggestions. I wasn't involved in, you know, arcs or anything like that. But first of all, you know, it wasn't Curb Your Enthusiasm, but they were definitely like, hey, say whatever you want. You know, I mean, you know, they're very lenient with the dialogue. And if you want to try some other stuff, by all means, try some other stuff. And a lot of that stuff made it. And it's funny because I then became this, I had this reputation for being like the improv king of like <laughs> teen drama, which is, you know, I guess in that regard, it's true. But like, I certainly am not a great improvisational actor. I've never gone to Groundlings. I don't feel that quick on the draw. I feel much better if I have time to think about it and go write a joke than I do in the moment just like um, looking for inspiration and uh, yeah I don't feel particularly gifted at that it's just like if you're in a melodramatic world with everyone being serious and then you're given the green light to like not wink at the camera, but at least undercut the drama. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, you and Peter Gallagher were very yeah, much in that space. Yeah, yeah, and it very much, you know. And then all of a sudden, it's it's easy because you can puncture it with just a little pinprick. Um, so uh, the so so yeah. So I mean, I almost you know, I mean, it's a little embarrassing in a way to have that have had that reputation given that you know I wasn't spinning gold, but 
but it was, um, but anyways, did you, you know, Josh and I became very, we all, we all were very good friends too. You know I mean? It was a real social group as well. Uh, there's a bad guy named Volchok in it who is, um, named after st- who, my agent, who's still my agent, who ended up marrying and has three kids with, uh, Nicole, the woman, Nicole, who was wardrobe on the show. And I mean, it's a very, um, I won't say incestuous cause there's that, that almost sounds bad, but, but it was, um, we were our own little ecosystem and, um, for that period in time. And we were filming down in Manhattan beach, kind of away from everything. It was pre- pre-internet almost, you know, in terms of like pre, certainly pre-social media. And so didn't feel like, it also didn't feel like fame was the burden. It certainly could be now. Um, still felt like we're pretty much left alone. And, um, I don't know how I veered off there, but in terms of collaboration, uh, uh, um, yeah, like I said, I was just kind of along for the ride and they were definitely writing for me and wrote some of my friends into the show. And, um, you know, and it was, it was, uh, you know, they, they also wrote, you know, some of my, my favorite band at the time was, became the character's favorite band. And, and, you know, while all that, you know, is a blessing and a curse, cause on one hand it was great. Cause it's like, I don't even have to act anymore. They're just, you know what I mean? <laughs> and at the same time, it's like now when I relive it, or sometimes I have like a little disdain for it, but it's just disdain for myself circa 2003, four, like just critiquing your own performance or my own, my tastes, my everything, you know, it's just like my 23, four five year old self does not speak for my 37 year old self and nor do my taste. You know, there's obviously, some um, similarities and shared DNA there, but I like to think I've evolved. And, um, you know, I feel like my character was such a pop culture um, referencing character. I mean, he was pop cult- part of pop culture himself, but he was also, you know, I mean, I feel like he almost was 2003, you know? Yeah. And so, I, I, you know, I do chafe at the character occasionally, but... Only because, like, you know, in some ways it it wasn't so much a character. I mean, it was, but it was also, like, very much me at the time. And I just just can't help but not want the 23-year-old me to be speaking for me forever. Because I don't, I don't, I share, you know, I share a few of the same likes and dislikes. Well, it's interesting that the OC had a really strong ensemble. And did you feel that paid off in how scenes were playing out and the chemistry between everybody? Do you think that contributed to the success of the show? Yeah, I mean, it was a wonderful cast and everyone, you know, I mean, and it was a fantastic ensemble. We all, tons of chemistry and and, um, I think we all worked really well. I think it was a new, I think, yes, I think Peter and I, but then everyone eventually, cause everyone got into the spirit, Ben McKenna, everyone did. But I think certainly Peter and I, and just in general, you know, it was a new family dynamic. It was just this mashup, you know, of, it was sort of a, it became a dramedy, you know, versus the straight drama, the 90210 or whatever, which I loved growing up. Let me just add that like, I fucking loved 90210 and I loved Melrose Place. But there wasn't very much humor. In no, the, no, and that was the yeah, difference. And that was, I mean, I think that was the most novel thing. It was there's humor and self-reference, you know, in a way yeah. that those shows never did. And you were sort of comment. Sometimes you would, as your character, you would comment on some of the more melodramatic moments that were happening. Yeah, almost kind of bring light to them. Yeah, yeah, no, it's much more meta of a show and self-aware, and um, you know. I don't know. And, and in a certain way, I mean, that probably, I don't want to say tonally that was a problem, but again, I think that in some ways that lightness 
also was detrimental and that it undercut the drama that you need for people to be deeply invested in a hundred episodes of, you know, I think, I don't know. Well, did you sort of see the show as a way to open up for you career-wise? Certainly, certainly. That was, let me be, I'll be perfectly honest with you. That was my main reason I did it. It was not a be all end all. I was like, like I said, purely. So at that point, when you committed to the OC, where was your career in your mind? It was, it was, it was fine. I mean, it was like, I felt like I'm definitely in this business. I'm working. I can't say I'll work forever, but I feel like, you know, I've worked consistently enough and now was feeling confident enough in my work and sort of the landscape that like, you know, I wasn't desperate, put it that way. Yeah. Um, I was, you know. You'd had recurring roles. On yeah, yeah. Shows. I was probably a little, I don't consider it cocky really because I think I was right but like you know I, I was just confident but like i said i had worked and i think that's borne out over the my life um but anyways i was very much that was a, that was meant to be a stepping stone for me now probably it'll just be on my tombstone but that's okay but but that was meant to yeah, I was mostly because of the age of it. You know, it was just that, like, look, I'm 23. I, I, I hope this isn't the only, you know, I'm, that I'm forever uh, high school. Um, and so that was my main concern, you know. And I, but I thought, well, you know, first of all, it's great. It'd be great to be on a hitch. It'd be great to be on a just go do a pilot and get paid and great work with Doug Lyman. Cool. Wasn't even thinking that long term, but it's like. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't get a pilot I really wanted that year. In fact, I tested for another pilot called Jake 2.0 that year that was on UPN that was about like a, it was more like a Chuck, which is a Josh Schwartz's show he did after the OC. It was like a nerdy dude who becomes a superhero. And I thought that was awesome. And that, you know, obviously that didn't have the same impact, but that's the one I really wanted. <laughs> and I didn't get it. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, so, so, but he was also, that was also playing an adult more like, you know, as somebody in his twenties. Um, and so the high school element, again, I was just weary of that main thing. And so I was going, yeah, but Hey, if it's a hit, I'll get to do some movies probably. Yeah. Those, I mean, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which was also a Doug Lyman movie. You got to work on that during the OC and then, uh, eventually the lead role in, in the land of women, which I mm-hmm. think was your first lead in a feature film is that yeah i mean it's my first like real solo this is your movie lead yeah i mean i think it might be still my only i guess i've had a couple (laughs) um um but yeah it's true and you know the show is a you know it was it was it afforded me so many opportunities and at the same time i have to say it was semi hard to capitalize on them because we filmed nine and a half nine months a year so to be a lead, to do anything serious. You know, I could go pop in for a couple, I could do Thank You for Smoking, I could do uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I could cameo for a day or three. But other than that, like, I was gonna get to do one thing a year and it had to be able to schedule when I was scheduled. So it was, um, it was a little, it was a double-edged sword. It was a double-edged sword because finally I had all this, you know, interest and then I couldn't, uh, there's a lot of things I couldn't do. and at the same time, I will admit now, I was also probably, you know, a little too frozen. There's not much, I mean, I don't have much that I passed on, um, and I won't even say it, because it would be rude to the people who did it, and they're laughing at me now. But, um, but I, you know, I passed on a few things. Um, I didn't, like I said, just scheduling-wise, I didn't have that much opportunity, but 
the ones I did that internally I would have loved, you know, I was like, I have no problem with this, this tropey, these tropey movies, but I do as a, I know they're not cool, you know, and, and I'm so concerned with, I'm already on this high school show and it's already this teen show and I've got to show my, my, my taste somewhere, you know, it is my taste, but I've got to really like show that you want to I'm an intellectual too. And yeah. I, I, you know, I, I'm fans of indie stuff and like, let me please, um, show that. And if I don't show that and I pick something that is, you know, also a little dumb, you know, and then, or not also, but then if I pick something that's a little less than highbrow and it doesn't work, then I'm buried and oh man. And in truth, and so I didn't, even though I would have had fun doing them, these things, and they sort of turned out to work for, you know, their own terms of hits anyways, but like it, some didn't, some did, but like, you know, and I sat on my hands and like I said, this wasn't like the opportunity wasn't multitude. It was just, but a few things, you know, where I sort of thought, no, 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 I've got to be cool. And, and, and in hindsight, I would have just, it's fun to work. And like I said, I didn't even internally have a real problem with them, except I knew it wasn't the cool thing to do. But I personally, I'm like, I'll be in a silly high school or not a high school thing, but like a, yeah. you know, again, I don't want to give away which things these were, but, but I, I could, I would, I would enjoy performing in these things, even though I know they're not, you know what I mean? Um, I know they're not idiosyncratic cinema. And, and yeah, and I, I guess I, I, you know, so anyways, like I said, I, I had some opportunity and I sat on some of it and I took some opportunities and. What was it that you saw in the script for In the Land of Women that convinced you that was something to commit to? I thought it was beautiful. Time. I mean, I, it, you know, the movie is both works and, and, and has some failings. I mean, it's, you know, I think it's, what's nice is it sort of seemed to have like, kind of have its own little, I won't say like following, but it, it, it seems like it has its fans, but I will admit, I don't think it came out as, I don't know. I mean, I was so young when I read it, Jonathan Kazan, the writer, director was so young when he did it. And I guess maybe I was wowed by his youth. I don't know. And I, but Everyone agreed. I mean, I think that this was a beautiful script and you don't, you know, I really like it had this, I mean, he was so influenced by his dad, Larry Kazan, so influenced by Cameron Crowe. And it had that very few movies do, but it was at once human and, um, personal and yet the stuff of movies, you know, it's yeah. like, and yet like had this, these like Jerry Maguire moments, which again, that is a, that is a movie that is very human, full of emotion, full of real characters. And at the same time is just knows it's a movie and like loves movies, loves a good close up, loves these moments, these cinematic moments that make, you know, and it's, now you get very few of those. There's less of that. This is an adult dramedy, but we're gonna shoot it in a way. These are giant, these is made to be on the big screen and this is made for an audience to, you know. Yeah. Um, now it's, and I, I like big movies too, but I mean, there's less of that. But anyways, it was written with that in mind too, where I just thought, I don't know, the voice was just it, you know. I mean, at, at once it was his own and it was also reminiscent of all these classic movies, you know, and, and here it is, you know, ripe role for me to play a 26 year old struggling writer. Um, 
And uh, opposite yeah, Meg Ryan, opposite Meg Ryan, like it was a no, it was a no brainer, yeah. no brainer. I was lucky to get it, happy to get it. And Jonathan and I also had a very Jonathan was brought into the fold. If he became good friends with Josh Schwartz, he was hanging out with all of us. Um, he was very much a peer and uh, and actually a, the best friend for of mine for a, for a few years there. After the OC, what were some of your plans at that point in terms of how you saw your career going forward from there? Uh, I didn't know, you know, I, I sort of, um, wanted, uh, I didn't know I was still in a little, you know, I mean, still in the same situation. I thought like, well, I have some, some heat and I, I want to use it the right way. And so I, I sort of, I sat on my hands sometimes. And then again, I, I don't regret I don't regret much in terms of things I didn't do, but I, I just, I do understand a different mindset now of A, they don't make that many things. B, they just don't. There's not that many things. There's not that many movies being made at any given point. There's very few. B, you like to think like, hey, if I just stay clean and I don't do anything bad, everyone will remember that I'm so cool, right? You know, <laughs> no, they know who's on the poster last week. They know who was in the movie last week. That's who's getting cast. You know, like the farther you are from being in a hit, the farther you are so from being in a So you really have to stay present in yes. what's happening. And, and yeah, and I feel like work begets work. And I understand that in a way that I didn't now. That said, look, I, I also felt like there's this pivotal moment about six months after the show ended I was cast as really the lead role. The Flash was sort of the lead role in the Justice League, the George Miller's Justice League. And I, in a way, felt vindicated. I was like, it's not that I think I'm so amazing. I just look around and think like, well, yeah, there's probably a spot for me for a moment. You know, I probably get to have a moment here, you know, if, if so-and-so and so-and-so. And I'm looking at the field and thinking like, well, what do I have to offer? And I like, I don't think I'm one of the undeniable greats. I definitely don't. I'm, and in fact, I would say I've been humbled more through time. Like, I, you know, I, I probably thought I was better. I thought, I think I probably thought I was more special 10 years ago than I do now. But at the same time, I, I think I had a realistic enough, um, exam, you know, uh, understanding of, of the sort of the competition and the jobs and the scarcity. Anyways, I got this movie and I thought, I'm vindicated, great. This is an yeah. awesome movie with an awesome director. I loved the script, I really did. It was like a good, the, the initial script. It, I could go down a rabbit hole of what happened there. But anyways, it was a great, really great script. This is George Miller. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was a really, that script would have worked and, and you know. I, um, anyways, and I thought, great, I'm vindicated for not doing the things I didn't need to do. I didn't need to, I didn't need to. And like, my number was up. And I played my cards right, and I was patient, and here we are, and I have this thing, and it's gonna be really good, and it's also gonna give me all this capital to go green light five other indies I wanna do, you know what I mean? And finally implement my taste. Even though this was my taste, I was like, I like this movie. I'm very happy to be here. And also, like I said, it was like, this was the ultimate stepping stone that's gonna buy me a decade of of options, of getting to do things I really, you know, yeah. I really like. Um, and then it didn't happen. And even in the moment, I wasn't even too, ups I wasn't upset. I wasn't distraught. I mean, I wanted it to happen, but I already felt like pretty vindicated by just being cast in it. And I thought like, well, all right, we'll get the next one. And, you know, and. Um, 
So it really is you know. a process of learning sort of the balance between the business and what you want to do sort of personally and artistically. Personally and artistically and, and, and also like the balance of like self, not self-respect, not self-respect, but like just image, image, you know, I think, I think like, and confidence and, and, and one of the things that's been nice about getting older, one of the things that's been nice about having a family, one of the things that, you know, is like, not only does the body of work start to speak for itself more than any given job you do now, it's like, well, I sort of am who I am and I've, you know, I'm not one thing's not going to change that the world doesn't care, you know, but also, um, it, it just, I, you just get a little less self-conscious, you know? I mean, I think I'll always be self-conscious to a degree. I mean, you're up on stage in front of the world and I care and I want to be good and I want to be respected, but, but I kind of know who I am. I know what I'm good at. I know my limitations and like, I'm also much more, I, I, I want to do things I'm very invested in and I love creatively and I'm also very lucky very lucky and and I say it my wife and I say it to each other almost every, almost daily how lucky we are lucky we are to be successful in this business and have these dream jobs and get to um, earn money, earn like a fantastic salary doing what we do yeah. and so you know the value of that I didn't care about that when I was 25 I was like oh, I'm making I'm a, I'm a billionaire compared to, to what I was five years ago the money is you know what I mean like it and, and you know it just like it's not that I was making so much money it was just that I didn't need any money to live first of all you know what I mean it wasn't yeah. like and I always felt like well this will be here so it's not a concern and I'm only supporting me right now so who cares you know um, and now I'm looking at it as a as a job in a way at that point yeah I just yeah. felt like the, the you know the difference, you know, the, the money was already so astronomically bigger than what I was earning as a waiter three years before that, like, it, it felt like that was an afterthought and do what, you know, is best for the career. And still now you have to kind of think, like, it's not just about the money you're getting on this job. It's, you know, potentially lowering your stock for the next job if that's the trade-off or what can you get away with or what, you know. But again, I'm just more, much more appreciative now of the financial security and then some. And, um, you know, like I said, I'm more, I'm more, if not confident, I'm just less worried about what, what people think, which is not to say I'm not worried about it because I am, but less. Yeah, so you're more willing to take risks and do things kind of out of the box that maybe before you weren't. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who's? I mean, look, I'll do. There's risks. There's out of the box, and for the right amount of money, I'll also do something <laughs> awful, you know. And I don't care. <laughs> That's fine too, you know. And I wouldn't have never done that ten years ago, even five years ago. And um, I mean, you know, I shouldn't say awful, but like, you know, I, I just. For the longest time, I wouldn't even consider the money if it wasn't like a proper, you know, if the work wasn't up to a really, you know, what, what my standards were. And, and now I'm much more flexible. <laughs> um, and, you know, I mean, look, part of that's too, like, I'm, I'm, I've also been, I, I guess, humbled in the sense of like, I'm, I'm not the, I don't have the, you know, I think of the calls and the meetings I had when I was 
24, 25, and I kill for those now just because I think I'd have so much to offer. I had a fucking general with Dustin Hoffman when I was 24. A general. Just like, you should meet this guy, you're at the same agency, maybe you guys work on something together. I'm like an idiot. I'm like 24 years old. I'm very honored to be meeting him, but like, I couldn't, I'm sure I couldn't have interested him less and had less to say. Not that I would blow his mind now, but at least I'm like more worldly. I could talk about some things. I've read some books. <laughs> I've seen a lot more of his movies. Now, had he and been familiar with the OC when he met you at that I time? I think or? maybe he had watched a minute of it because his agents were like, just watch it and meet this kid and you guys go play father and son and something, or I don't know, you know. <laughs> but um, I think I had... I think I had the same thing or close to it with Robert Redford. Um, and again, these are like legends that I, as a like cocky 24 year old, just had no business in a way. You know, I just, like I said, I'm embarrassed now because it's like, what could I, that must've been the most boring meeting for them ever, you know? And, and like I said, now it's not that I would blow their mind, but I at least think I would be able to bring a little more adult conversation to the, to the table. Um, But it's hard because you don't really know until later on. I mean, you were still relatively new to the business and how everything functioned. So I didn't. And I have very few regrets. You know, I mean, it's not that I have any regrets. I look at my body of work and I look at the relationships I've made and I look at my life and I go, hey, I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with it. And, you know, on a personal note, I'm happier than I've ever been. I'm more content than I've ever been. Um... And, uh, yeah, I feel, I'm, I'm, you know, I also feel like I'm, I'm, I'm in a very, I'm in a very happy, fun, thrilling phase of my life, you know? And ironically, I've sort of, I I stopped surfing for about well over a decade and then I kind of moved back to the beach and I'm a surf bum again. And it's Uh, like fulfilling to me and, you know, but, but, but with a family, but with work. And it's like, it's the, it's the union of my old life and my new life and my my old life, my acting life and my family life, all in this beautiful, um, all in this beautiful little, uh, I don't know what, something. Well, another director who you've worked with quite a bit, uh, recently is Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. I've worked with guys, him a lot. How did you guys connect in terms of him reaching out to you so much? Well, I, I auditioned for his Cop Out a long time ago with Bruce Willis and uh, Tracy Morgan. And I actually auditioned for, there was a Sean William Scott kind of crazy rock, bank robber in that movie. And they said, would you play one of the detectives? I said, of course. And we were in New York and I spent a great summer in New York. That was a fantastic time. Um, I know Kevin had a hellish, brutal time. He's been very vocal about how difficult Bruce was with him on that shoot. I, on the other hand, loved every minute of it. I would go on the weekends. I'd go to Kevin Smith's hotel room. We'd get stoned. He'd show me cuts of cuts of uh, the movie, cuts of my scenes. He let me do whatever I want in that. You know, I, my character was much more straight. I got to like thread in a whole goofy sort of subplot. Um, that was one of the bigger movies that Kevin Smith has done, like on a studio level. Yeah, it's probably like, the biggest budget yeah. he's done. It's also the only one he's done that he didn't write, um, you know, with mixed results, admittedly. But I had a blast, and I also had a blast working with Bruce because for me, it was, uh, you know, I mean, he's a legend. He's Bruce Willis. I'm, I'm, I'm 
I'm just interested in being in the room with them. And um, for so many reasons, it was so cool. You know, I, I also wasn't exposed to him for the entire time. I, I probably have a very different story. I don't know, good or bad, if I, you know, had worked intimately with him for a long time. But, you know, I share, you know, a, a handful of scenes with him. But, you know, he got to cover me as I'm running, you know, I'm right here. I mean, cover me with guns as I'm, you know, <laughs> I mean, just, just, just great Bruce Willis stuff. And, you know, he told me there's some, some blood, sweat and dirt. You can never have too much of it. Uh, you know, he told me that he, um, he, you know, he even like directed me a little bit through Kevin. Like, you know, he's like, Kevin, why Bruce wants you to do this? And I'm like, oh, great. I don't give a shit. Bruce can direct me. It's, I don't care. You know I mean? If I, you know, all that's fine. And, um, yeah, yeah. It was the one time I was even in the trailer and he was, um, I was in my trailer and I was just tired. This is going to sound like I'm a real dick. I, I swear I'm nice and treat people with respect. I really stand by that. I don't think you'd. Anyways, that said, this sounds bitchy, but I, I swear it's not. But the trailers, if you're in the trailer, the air conditioning makes it really loud. And so people knock a lot. They want you to come in because we're ready in five minutes or can you get to the makeup or here's just coming in, bringing in wardrobe and, yeah. you know it's hard to hear from the inside and the outside of the door because of the generator and stuff. Anyways, um, I'm like, I'm sitting, it's like late at night, night shoot, and I'm like reading on the couch or on the whatever. I don't want to get up and somebody's knocking. I'm like, come in. They don't hear. I'm like, come in. I'm not screaming at them as an angry. I'm just like, I'm not going to get up. What I'm going to do, it's, it's a little bratty, but I'm just going to scream, come in so I don't have to get up. You know what I mean? And then he opens the door and like, was like, I was just going to invite you for a drink. <laughs> um, um, which was nice, which was nice. I, I don't even know if he'd remember who I am, but I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed that experience. And um, anyway, so Kevin Smith, so I've worked with him a lot since. There's nothing in that. Um, I, uh, yeah, I did yoga hosers. I did a pilot that I don't know if we'll ever see the light of the day, but yeah, I cameoed in a... Hollywood yeah, yeah. I just came in for a day or two. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and um, yeah, and, and we're buds. You know, I don't... I don't um, seem that often. You know, he lives in Hollywood and I don't, but I... Uh, I, um, I although I did for a long time. But, um, yeah, I'll go over there and see cuts of his stuff. And, and uh, you know, he's um, an avid stoner, which, which I appreciate. And, uh, anyways, he's fun. I mean, I'll tell you what's really fun with him. I love working with him, but he's a joy to talk to. You know, when we were in uh, New York filming that movie, he invited me to. He played, like... I don't know if it's Carnegie Hall or something like some. He does those big speaking engagements. Yeah, and it's just yeah. he just does question and answers. You know what I mean? It's like he's really a fun, entertaining. You know, he's an amazing podcaster. He's amazing. He's a fun, fun, entertaining dude to have dinner with. And and so maybe my most cherished stuff with Kevin is just like we get to smoke and catch up, and 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 I get to riff and and tell him all my thoughts, and you know, like we're doing now, and and it's. It, that is a real joy for me and I've I've you know I really I really just like rapping with him well along those lines when you come on to a movie or a television show what are you looking from the director to bring to you or, or do you have any expectations as far as what they can do to help you make your performance better it, it totally depends you know I mean every situation is so different every project is so different um, you know, I mean, ideally help me be good. And sometimes I'll need help. And sometimes like, it means like, please just get away from me. And, you know, depends on what it is. It depends on, 
if I think I'm doing you a favor, I think you're doing me a favor. You know, I mean, it also, it, it does. It depends on how much I respect you as, as, an, as, an, as a brain, you know? Like, if I think you're genius, I'll do whatever you say. And if I think I'm kind of, I think I know better, then I'm gonna chafe a little bit, Would you, you know? Would you ever say, hey, like, I'm really drowning, I need your help with that? I would, I haven't, but partly that's because I think I have taken on stuff. Now, listen, everything you do is a little bit of a leap of faith and you kind of, you know, and it's sometimes it's fun to be like, I don't know how I'm going to, I don't really know how I'm going to make this work. And then you kind of figure it out in the moment. And, um, but you know, uh, but you know, I don't know that I'd take on anything necessary. I mean, I would, if I thought the director was great and saw something to me, I didn't see. And I'm like, all right, mold me. Um, I'll tell you where it's really helpful actually is I really appreciate in comedy, you know, in like improv stuff where, uh, I had a part in, um, chips the last summer and, uh, and also in the league, um, the, the FX show and both those Dak Shepard directed chips and he would just shout out things to me to improv, you know, we're doing the scene and say this, say this, say this. I really enjoy that. I'm like, oh, all the help you want. Pitch me joke. Don't pitch me. Give me jokes yeah. off screen and I will regurgitate them. Let's do that. That's a really fun cl comedic collaboration. And that's, you know, the league does a bit of that too. Um, and, um, so I really, I like that kind of help. Like help, help me be funny. Actually. Why don't you give me some great lines, you know, throw me some great lines and Kevin, and, and Kevin does that a lot too. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate that because that's where I feel the most pressure, you know, again, drama is like a little more, it's kind of baked in, you know, you can, you want to get there emotionally, you want to whatever, but you're not going to, on average, you're going to deviate from the lines less and you're not really also looking to the crew for a response. But with comedy, you're kind of like, there is this, like you're going on stage and people aren't going to laugh too loud. So you hear it while you're performing, although sometimes they do, and that's great. But you know, when they cut, people are laughing, people, you know, you want that, like that was hysterical and I was great, you know, this, and yeah. you came up with that. And when you did that and, and sometimes you get it, sometimes really you don't. working for that reaction. Quite a bit. There isn't a reaction on set with a comedy where it's not with the drama, at least not, you know, I'm sure if you, you do a fantastic scene and you're weeping, people might be weeping, but I'll tell you what, I, that's, that's my, I don't want to say Achilles heel because I have a lot of them, but I have a ton of trouble getting to a place of that real emotional, emotionally raw uh, spot. I always feel like a fraud. Quite honestly, well, I feel like in the land of women, you hit on that quite a bit. I mean, oh, I, 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 I touch uh, it. I, 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 I cozy <laughs> against it, but never have I once in my acting life, to my satisfaction, gone deep enough or what I would say painful enough, you know, painful. I'm not, I'm not quite, I can, I can get pretty pissed off. You know, I can access anger. All right. And, um, a lot of, you know, other emotions, but in terms of finding that pain, you know, um, very, very hard for me. And I've never quite accessed it to my satisfaction. Well, I, did you feel like in that movie you had to really dig deep in the land of women to kind of find those moments? I did. And in some ways I'm like, how did I even do that? I, I have trouble duplicating that now, you know, <laughs> like, but, but again, I, I didn't even then like, yeah, I dug, I dug a little, but I dug as hard as I could. Something in my hand, you know, I, I dug, oh, I dug, but like, I just couldn't get, you know, it, it, it I just couldn't to my, yeah, it, it, to my satisfaction, not nearly deep enough. Do you feel like you're your toughest critic in a way, even more than oh, yeah. a director could be? Yeah. And I think that's right. You know, I mean, I think, you know, some people, 
some people don't watch their stuff. I wish I was that, you know, I think it's kind of ludicrous. I mean, it's like, I understand a play, but like acting is so piecemeal. Don't you want to see what you made? Like, I, it's not ludicrous because the best actors don't watch their stuff. Like the best people don't, you know, but I'll never be a true eccentric. I'll never be Walking Phoenix or Daniel Day-Lewis or Nicolas Cage for that matter, you know, but, um, in many ways I'd like to, but in many ways I'm just not, but, um, but I, I, I watch my stuff. I want to see what happened, and that's how I can help critique myself, you know? And, and I have this sort of... I normally hate it the first watch because it's still just getting used to my voice and, like, my, you know, the adjustment of, well, it's not what I thought, you know, I looked and sounded like and, therefore, what I thought I was doing. Yeah. You adjust to that, so it's kind of awful the first time. And then I kind of come around. I start to like it. Second time, I like it, you know, and maybe even third, and then I hate it again in enough time. Enough time, I've ha I hate everything I've done. You Is know? there anything that you've watched recently that you've been... Been, uh, critiquing or I'm trying to think the last thing I've seen um, what is the last thing I've seen I don't remember but in general I, I hate it all <laughs> I do I, it's like it's like I given long enough time I can only see the, the, the holes and the flaws I mean whatever occasionally there's choices I'm proud of mostly comedic but um or, or sometimes your voice just like, oh, that sounded right. You sounded like you had some gravitas there, <laughs> you know, but, but other times not, not so much, you know, and you, you thought you were telegraphing something that didn't read at all or felt, you know, seemed just like. Or maybe even the director picking a take. That well, certainly, kind of certainly. At the moment. Certainly, yeah. certainly that. But, um. But that said, I've never felt butchered in editing. You know, I don't have like an editing story where I thought like I gave you this and you did this. I, I, I always feel, you know, by and large, I'm sure there's other takes, other things and certainly jokes. If anything, it would be jokes. It would be like, ooh, I thought that improv was good. I would have maybe gone with that or, I, you know, yeah. it'd be like jokes. But in terms of a dramatic performance, I, I always felt like people of editors have done right by me. Well, startup recently. I thought you'd been doing really well on that. Thanks. I mean, yeah, a, it's a great performance. It's Thanks. a really fun show. That's um, that's a real fun one. That's a great. That's an ensemble. I'm really proud of. I like working with everyone there, and it's a, that's a real um, in your face process that I really like. And li literally, I mean, the camera is like closer than I've ever filmed before. You know, they use this wide angle lens a lot, and even if they're using long, even if they're using long lens, it's still going to be you know, focused on the tip of your nose, but this wide angle, you know, will just be like inches from your face following you in your environment. And it's, it's this real dance with, um, the, um, JM is the main camera operator's name. And it's a real dance with him. You know, it's like, he is the third person in the scene in a way that I've never really done before. So you're I mean, reacting to him just as much as the other actors. Yeah. Yeah. He's in, you're just, we talk to the director less than we talk to him. It's like, I mean, the director comes in every once in a while, we'll try this, but, and, and he's talking to cameraman too, but a lot of it is just the actors working it out with camera. Like I'm gonna go for the keys. You can go and then come around. I'll wait. You wait till you're there. And then, you know, yeah. it's all dancing together and it's, um, but anyways, that said, it's, it's also the most exposed I've ever felt, you know, I'm, 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 like I said, I do more dramedy or comedy, which is plays more and wide, you know, I'm not in dramas as much. I don't have people like cameras zooming in on my iris, you know, um, in a way that this show does. And so the first time I saw it, I was like, wow, I've never, this is intimate. I don't know if I'm comfortable, you know, and, and I've, I've become comfortable with it and it's, um, 
It's great. I mean, it's a really... Well, there's a skill in itself of acting to the camera in a way, because the camera can pick up so much and you can just sort of process what the scene is in your mind. Yeah. And the camera will just instantly yeah, pick it up. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, stillness is, you know, works so well. I mean, that I'd say a lot of, a lot of what I've learned is stillness and is the power of, you know power of dialing it back until you want to unleash it and the um the power of holding a gaze that you know you're working so hard when you're young and uh and yeah there's a lot of um uh presence in 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 not moving as well have you ever done have you done a lot of theater over the years too done no theater Ah. done zero theater um and uh you know I'd like to do it as a lar- as a like, but I don't have a burning desire actually. So if Neil Laboud came to you and said, "Hey, I have a play," I want you. I to would, play. I would. For the right thing, I would. I definitely w- would not. I mean, I you know, um, in terms of things I passed on, I passed on one prominent play. I'd like to go back and do as well. <laughs> but um, but um, I uh, you know, it. I would much, much, much. I, you know, if I never do a play in my life, that's fine. If I don't direct something. One thing, just to try it. I'm, I'm, I've, I've failed as a, as a like, I've failed as a professional. I, it doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be whatever. I just am so, and I don't think I'd be particularly super gifted at. It. I think I'd be competent. You know, I think at, at the base level, I would be com- be a competent director. But I'm not saying I, I, you know, I don't think I'm a brilliant person as much as I think I'm, you know, bright and affable. And I think I could bring that to, to directing, but, and I think I like, you know, I I stand by my taste sometimes more than my talent in a way. I feel like I know good stuff when I see it more than I'm necessarily able to produce it, but as, as are most people. Um, but anyways, I just, that seems so fun to me, you know, as an actor, so much of the time you're a prop. I mean, so much, you know, occasionally you get that big scene and I would say more often than not, you, you, you don't have that big scene. You have a few lines where you want me to stand across the street. Yeah. You guys pick Most the location. You're waiting in the trailer. Like you mentioned before. Well, you're waiting or, or yeah. you, that's fine. Not at that. I don't mind that actually. I'll wait all day. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I get so much reading done on set. It's awesome. Like I get more reading done at work than I do at home. So like I, I, I Actually, the waiting, hurry up and wait, I'm fine with. I'll take it. I'll t- I'm a great napper. So, like, I'll get tons of sleep and I'll read yeah. and that's fine. I hate doing a scene all day that I have nothing to do in. You know what I mean? Uh, and I also hate it by the end of the day, even if I'm doing a lot in because I'm tired of doing it as well. But it's like when I'm crossing the street, well, the director, you got to cast it. You, you got to be instrumental. Maybe you wrote it. Maybe you're instrumental. You location scouted it. You're going to edit it. You're going to pick the music. You pick the DP. You pick the wardrobe. There's all these creative choices that sound fun, that are thrilling. I love talking about that stuff. You know, I, I, um, you know, I like talking from a producer's angle. Not so much financing, but the business side as much as, but, but like, but marketing. But you know, well, even that, like posters are cool. I don't care about. Cities are creative. All the creative development I love talking about. There's not a, you know, I spend a significant amount of time in the writer's room for startup this year just um, just because I was bored and I thought, you know, they could use an extra person. There's not a ton of manpower there. And um, it was fun to have my brain think like that for, you know, two weeks. Um, Anyways, uh, 
Yeah. So, you know, there's so many creative choices, even, you know, if you're doing an establishing shot as a director, whereas if you're an actor crossing the street, you just have to remember to walk and then you might do that all day, you know, and it's so, yeah. it's, it's mind numbing. Or seeing with four people and the coverage is all on them for most of the yeah, day. Yeah. Or the coverage or, or the lines, maybe I have yeah. two lines. I mean, even if the coverage, you know, if you're just not participating that much and, and my most boring projects have been the ones where I took for money and I'm this supporting, deep supporting part in some studio movies, but I'm in a lot of scenes without much to do. So I'm there all the time in these big scenes. I have nothing to do creatively. And it's, you know, feeling undervalued. And I mean, they're still good and it's a great way to earn a living and I have great experiences. So it's not, it's still pretty great. I'm not, you know, um, but the, that that is the sort of, least fun and, and also and yes the hurry up and wait I mean again if I'm in my trailer that's one thing on set sometimes again when you're on set it's one thing if you can go back to a chair or something and go read or you know if you can go read and check out then you take your time but if it's like I gotta be here which a lot of the time is that like you're 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 waiting but you can't go back to base camp and you really can't even go back to find a chair you might not even have a chair if you're on location somewhere it's like lower budget stuff you don't really have a comfortable spot and I just got to watch them light this thing. And I'm going to watch them move sandbags and talk about this and that. And it's like, that is something where I'm like, I, I can't believe the amount of time. And you as the actor, you don't have any input in that. You're, you're there. And I don't have any impact. It's not my, I don't know of any, I don't have anything to say about it either. I'm like, put the sandbags where you want to put the sandbags. Like, I don't know, but put the C stand where you think it needs to go. Yeah. I'm so fucking bored watching this but there's nothing to do. You know what I mean? There's no, you know, um, um, so that, that occasionally gets, you know, do you have that one passion project that you think you'd want to direct or is it more so just finding something that you feel? You I mean, honestly, passion? it's like, I, I would all, it's, it's more like I would have to write it too. I mean, I, I would take the opportunity to direct something I didn't write, but I also feel like that's a little bit of a cheat. You know, it's, it's not that, you know, if somebody writes something special, they should get to direct it. You know what I mean? It's not that I'm coming in with so much yeah. vast experience or, you know, that I'm like, I could direct this better than you. It's like, I think I should probably be the author, author um, throughout. And, um, you know, that's my problem. I'm, 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 I write as a hobby occasionally. I love it, but um, I'm, I'm the opposite of prolific. And, uh, and it, I think that means I'm not a writer. <laughs> you know, I, I really like it, but I'm, I clearly, you know, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy talking about it. And I'll tell you, I'm a fan of screenplays. I love the format. I love screenwriters. I love the, the, the math of fitting, you know, this of the structure of it. You know, I love movies that I can see on the page. I really love a very written movie where I'm watching the movie and I'm like, Ooh, yeah. this page looked so it's fun good to watch a movie that you love and then go back to the screen. Uh -huh, right sure. 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 Or just imagine yeah. it. Just imagine, you know, yeah. I just, I can, certain movies lend them more than others lend themselves to like this, this was a beautiful screenplay. I can see it, you know. Was there anything that you read that eventually became and you were like, wow, that really was on the page. I can see why that became what it was. Um, great scripts I've read. Uh, well, I'll tell you my favorite, one of my favorite, I mean, I mean, I read, I think I auditioned or met Kenneth Lonergan for Margaret like many, many, many years ago, but that was just like, you know, the brilliance is all over every page and he's obviously very, it's a very written uh, thing. What else? Um, 
Damsels in the Stress was such a cool script. I mean, it like it's it's so zany and broad and wacky, and yet out of any script I've done, it's the it's the richest in terms of and you know in terms of you can go back and discover something new every time you read it, you know? But that's also because, look, people are throwing out ideas in their right and left and philosophical and everyone's contradicting themselves and there's there's just, you know, it's a, it's just a vomit spray of like literary and society, you know, sociological ideas. Um, so there's a lot to discover and, and some are ironic and some are sincere and, you know, um, and uh, and they're all anyway. So so that that wit and wit himself, you know, he's this funny um, contradiction of this very urbane bourgeois person who I think kind of couch surfs. You know what I mean? Like you know, and has like two jackets. You know, I mean, he's he's. Does he live in Paris most of the year? I don't know where. I don't know where he lives. <laughs> yeah, there. I hear Palm Beach. I hear yeah. you know, but like he for me, he meets me at we go to like Joe's Coffee in the Grove. You know, he wants to or Pete's or whatever likes. You know, I mean, he he likes cheap coffee. Yeah. And then he sends them back. He's like, I had to give this one wasn't good. I had to have him brew another thing, you know, of like a dollar coffee. So, you know, he, you know, he's, and he's also this, like he espouses in his work, like this very conservative ideology, you know, and this, um, you know, you'd think he's like a very right wing in some ways and he might be, but at the same time, he's this liberal or he's he's an he's an artiste, you know what I mean? Who's yeah. he's this like eccentric artiste who also is like employs Chloe Sevigny a lot, who is obviously very liberal, you know, and and um, and so he's a funny contradiction. But anyways, um, scripts I love on the page. I mean, uh, you know, I never have read one actually. I've never read one, but the Coen Brothers obviously are very written, um, and I love that. Um, and in a way, that's what I love, going back to even like Jonathan Kasdan, you know, in The Land of Women. That was a beautiful screenplay. I mean, it's been a long time. I don't know what I, what I, I don't know how it's aged necessarily, but that was a beautiful piece of, a hundred pieces of paper. I mean, it really was, it like, it looks good. I mean, I know that sound, you know, people that are avid screenwriters even know how to format it so it just is even pleasing to the eye, you yeah. know, before you even read anything. It just... Um, yeah, I was talking to Max Landis uh, a couple of years ago and he mentioned, you know, the best thing you can do with a screenplay is make it fun to read. Mm -hmm. And I think that's mm -hmm. something that gets lost mm -hmm. sometimes. It's yeah. more of like a mechanical Oh, very, very, very much. And, and look, yeah. you know, everyone's got their own process. I mean, um, I haven't read a Paul Thomas Anderson script, but I hear they're like, you know, just camera direction you know what I mean I hear they're no fun I have no problem believing that you know and, I, and if you're the director and you don't need to communicate it you know you know what you're gonna get then that's fine but I'm just and he's also I think like the most exciting filmmaker working period so it's no no um slander on him just saying I for screenplay for its own sake I just love and um and appreciate and uh and it's, and it's a fun format to write in Final Draft, you know? Um, and I think my relationship to it, obviously, is as an actor all these years and reading them, and this, this would be me on this part of this page, and I would say yeah. this, and I don't know, it's a unique, not, I guess not that unique, but I mean, it's, it's a, 
it's its own perspective on on a screenplay too but um i don't know I don't know. What are the, some of the things you're excited about doing next? Do you have another season of startup? Coming Got another up, season of startup. Um, I don't know where we're going to shoot because we normally shoot in Puerto Rico, which we love. Um, we're supposed to do it in January, but I don't know if we'll be able to, if it'll be operational enough for us or not. I, I sure hope so. Um, have uh, a couple indies that I've been trying to get made that would star myself, although I would happily step away if, you know, somebody else that equaled financing would, would want to play These the role. These are projects you've been developing. Uh, These are projects I, I wouldn't even say developing. I mean, people, you know, friends of mine and then a sort of random uh, writer came to me and said, would you be in his movies? And if you want to help get made, great. But you're who we want for the lead and so on. Yeah. And so I've, um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know how, I, I haven't been, I've been somewhat instrumental in developing them, but I mean, these scripts basically came to me fully formed. Um, but I've been trying to get them made and it's, it's hard. They're both great. And, um, but it's, it's hard. It's, it's, uh, understandably, I mean, you know, you make an indie, they're first time filmmakers and it's like, you, you, you want to get a million dollars and okay, well, they want to pre-sell everything first. And so we need a cast that's yeah. going to work for free. We can pre-sell everything so we don't lose anything. We make money before we roll film. And if you can't get that, then I don't know, you know, and, and, um, that's not where I'm at as an actor right now. I don't, I don't bring that kind of value. So, um, it's tricky, but I also understand because it's like, if I had the money, I don't know that I would. I'm not going to investing in independent film is a glamour hobby. That's not a sound business strategy. Um, and uh, so, so I, I, it's not like I'm cursing the world, but it's. But anyways, but that said, that's what I'm doing. I'm trying. I, I, that's one of the things I'm doing. I've got a couple movies I'm trying to get made, and um, looking for looking for good stuff. I I, I got I got. I won't tell, say what it is, but because I but I got offered something fantastic the other day that this indie that is like would be one of the best roles I've uh, I've, I've ever had. Really, I'm like yeah. this is a fantastic ready movie. To jump on board and, and take it in a way. I'm like I, please yeah. a thousand times yes. I can't believe you called me. Thank you. And now the real question is: You say you have money, but with me as a lead, are you going to have the money you need? You want to make this movie for a million dollars? I hope you get it. Good luck to you, but we will see, you know, so fingers crossed on that. But, um, you know, I think I have a healthy skepticism. Huh? Yeah, no, it's difficult. Some people get the money first and then they think they're going to attach an actor and then get the money. So it's sort of, a yeah. Yeah. And this kind of came as like, we have the money. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but whatever, I'm just like, Hey, you know, even if it doesn't happen, it's an honor to be nominated. You know, thank you for thank you for thinking of me. And and it might happen in which case, um, you know, that would be that'd be fantastic. So I don't know. You know, it's weird. I'm in this place where things fall out of the sky. I don't really. I don't audition that much. I also turn down a fair amount of auditions because I feel like I have enough of a body of work. You want me? If I'm auditioning, I'm not getting it. You know, like you, you, yeah. if you're. You don't want me. <laughs> you know what I do. <laughs> um, um, I mean, if you know, if they're really special, hey, they love you, and they, you're one of their favorite ideas, and it's going to be you and two other guys, and they just want to see, you know, and it's like, yeah. then uh, sure, if of you're course. you're passionate enough on your end to, you know, about the role, about the project, Yeah, very, very yeah. much, very yeah. much. But it's like, put it this way. I haven't gotten an audition. 
I haven't, and I'm good at audition, or I'm not bad, I should say. I don't buckle under the pressure. I'm, I'm yeah. pretty comfortable in those rooms. I don't audition that much, but I haven't gotten a part I've auditioned for since Cop Out, which was a decade ago. Mm, maybe a little less than a decade ago, but, you know, seven years ago, eight years. And, and um, so I just feel like, it's not that I won't do it, but I just, that's another thing I feel like. I'm old and maybe it's just an ego thing and maybe I'm too egocentric, but I go to auditions sometimes. I see people coming out of rooms like, you know, people in their 50s who I've known their work for a long time. And I think, nah, I'll choose another, you know, like I have the luxury, of course, very, must sound very obnoxious of me to say like, nah, I want audition where people are like, please, like give me a shot and let me earn my bread. I'm just saying famous people I see <laughs> audition where yeah, I'm like, people would actually be surprised what level of people actually audition, audition, audition. and what common. level of audition movies yeah. I've been involved in. I've been involved in casting things or like, you know, not that the, the decision falls with me, but like I've been privy and seen people's tapes where I'm like, why the fuck? Is this guy putting himself on? Why did the guy, this, this guy go in the casting office? Yeah. He's in Saving Private Ryan. We all know who he is. Off from the part or don't. The fact that he's auditioning, he's already not going to get it. Yeah. I mean, like, like. No, there are many people who've won Academy Awards who are still. Yeah, audition. yeah. And, uh, and, 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 and there, there is a yeah. time and a place, and I would never say, don't, uh, listen, I will gladly. Uh, I auditioned last week and I'm an audition. You know, like, I, 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 don't get me wrong, I do audition, but I think that, like, in general, I just have a, I'm very fortunate enough, let me just say, it's because I'm so fortunate to go, hey, I can earn this nice living. And whether I like it or not, I've auditioned for a ton of stuff and I don't seem, I only seem to get the stuff I'm offered. So, so I'm sure one day I'll get something I auditioned for, but it's like in general, that's my living is not what I auditioned for. It's what I get offered. So, yeah. so you know, do I want to tap dance for, I also, it's just a little bit of like, I reject you before you reject me. How about that? I'm before I give you free work and you say no to me, how about I just say no to you and, uh, offer only fuck you. <laughs> and, and you know, and, and it's, you know, it's mostly a defense mechanism, but it's also like, yeah, I, I, I feel that if nothing else, I've sort of, I have worked, I've worked for that. You know, that, that feels good at least that I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be walking around town with sides in my hand. And again, that sounds like I don't want to, it's such a good job to have. And I'm very, very fortunate and hats off to everyone who's auditioning all the time. I don't mean to shit on it. People who audition, I audition. I'm just saying one of maybe the great joys of getting to where I have, which is, you know, a nice place, but certainly there are people far above me, is that, you know, by and large, I make my living without auditioning now. And, 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 and that feels good. And this is all very, I don't know, hopefully that, well, it is what it is. Yeah. If you're mad at that, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, I, just had a, uh, I was curious, lastly, you're not on social media. And I was just sort of curious why you never ventured into being on social media. Mostly laziness and like a disinterest, really. I mean, it's like I, I, it's not that I'm not, you know, self-absorbed enough. I am, and it's, it's just like I'm a lot. I'm late to the technological party always, and um, 
And now it's been so long, I kind of feel like, well, I don't want to break the seal. That said, I think I am like this week. My friend is running, and mostly for my friend. My friend, my friend Justin Canoe is a producer, was a producer. Now he's running, he moved to Tennessee with Actually his wife. Actually met his father, uh, Jeff Canoe. You did? Yeah, he was on the podcast. Fantastic. <laughs> okay, well, the Canoes are rad. And um, he's a very, very good buddy of mine, Justin, and he's running for Congress in, a, in a Tennessee. He moved to Franklin, Tennessee with his wife. And it's more for things like that I'm going to do it now. I start to feel guilty. I don't care about the, the, the work I do. They can promote. They have promote. They can tweet themselves. They can whatever. But it's like, you know, my friend's running for Tennessee and I want to, you know, if, if, if I can command this, how, X amount of eyeballs to go look at that and maybe donate, then like I feel guilty for not, you know. And so I want to do that. And, um, and then, you know, charitable stuff as well and then you know i'll of course then self-promote as well because if you have it you got to and that that's understandable too and and also lastly i suppose i do want to know what it's like to be a human in the 21st century you know and it's like if i never ever ever have any social media even even a private account just to kind of see what it's like it's like i think i will be a little you know, in the dark. Not that that's the worst thing. I mean, there are worse things to be than in the dark about social media. But but I should dabble, and I, I'm not too worried about getting sucked in. I don't I don't think I will, because yeah. I'm not that interested, yeah. and I plan on being very impersonal. But maybe I'll be personal. The, tr- <laughs> the truth is, I'm pretty, as you can probably tell. Like I'm a pretty revealing person. I'm not actually that private. If you talk to me, you know, I'm I'm not like on social media and I'm not say courting paparazzi, but short of that, you know, I'm, 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 I'm pretty open. Yeah. So, so I say, I say avenue to engage with people and yeah. Yeah. So I say on one hand, like, well, I'm going to keep it impersonal and like, I don't want to open up a dialogue with anyone at the same time. I'll probably, you know, I'll probably be very revealing. I don't know. (laughs) Check out uh, startup. It's on crackle right now. Yeah. Season two, uh, on crackle and Amazon. If you don't live in the U S Thanks again for listening to the Road to Cinema podcast. We'll see you next time.